With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, if you like to see bad guys get theirs, to get exposed, if you like to see the villains and the creeps out there get caught, this was a great weekend. We will review it. Andrew Cuomo, finally the walls are coming down around Killer Cuomo and the creeps at the Lincoln Project. We now uh, get to see what they're really like. Um, also, Tom Brady's in some trouble. So he's in some trouble. One of the... Uh, a woman wants an apology from Tom Brady, and you won't believe what for. We will uh, talk about that and the worst Brady imitation ever on Saturday Night Live over the weekend. All that and more on today's Callahan Podcast. Callahan Podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU. And they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colleen, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it is, it is, it is President's Day. A, uh, I guess it's a national holiday. I never, I never got it off from my previous occupation. It didn't even cross my mind that it was a uh, holiday till I was driving to the airport this morning and there was no cars, nobody, nobody out. I said, "Oh hell, it's a, it's a holiday, it's a holiday." A pr- but here's why I don't think it should be a holiday because Washington owns slaves, right? It's kind of a Washington Lincoln Day, right? It's Washington combined with Lincoln. Washington owns slaves. And according to the San Francisco um, Board of Education, Lincoln didn't do enough for uh, African-Americans. That's why they're stripping his name off schools in San Francisco. I know you know this, uh, Shattuck and Cullinane, but they they had a meeting the other. This was like, what, going on two weeks now? A meeting for the school committee or the school board in San Francisco. And they spent the entire meeting talking about stripping names off of schools. And you know what never came up? Getting schools open again. 
<laughs> never, they never even discussed it. They were too busy. And here's my favorite part. They're taking off. I forget all the people that are taking off. Washington, Lincoln. And the reason they're taking Lincoln, I swear to God, is because he didn't do enough for African-Americans. The BLM activist said this. He, we, we need to take his name off. And they're stripping Diane Feinstein's name. Off an elementary school. You got, you got to be careful here because uh, Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor, you know, one of my favorites, he he right. mentioned some of these names that you're mentioning, and he's no longer with us on television. So you got to well, be careful. I, I, I support that. I think Lincoln, I don't think we should even have a day for Lincoln. I mean, what the hell did he ever do for black people? Really? <laughs> well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll celebrate anyway. We'll celebrate presidents. Day. Washington, Lincoln, Biden, you know, all the greats. I think we should celebrate you know, the holiday for Donald Trump. What do you What do you guys think? Do you want to maybe start a start a movement that we have a national holiday on Donald Trump's birthday, which I believe is in June, when he'll be seventy five, and uh, I'm sure you know he'll there'll be it'll be he won't be allowed to like have a celebration. There'll be like r- new laws, new rules. He won't be allowed to you know make a statement. I love this. His, uh, he he released a statement yesterday. Did you see this, Shattuck? The statement. It's looking forward to a radiant future. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, Speaking radiant. of radiant, that should be that should be the Trump holiday, the anniversary of the day he stared at the he stared at the eclipse. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and there were people were mad. The media was absolutely apoplectic. How how could he do this? He's staring at the eclipse. Damn it! This is absolutely norms. We've we're, we've escaped norms now. This is. <laughs> That's true. What day, what day would you celebrate Trump? I mean, obviously, it probably wouldn't be January 6th. I don't no. think that would be cool to be January 6th. But uh, the day he uh, maybe, you know, said Mexican sends that doesn't send their best people. The day he came down the escalator, you know, the day he uh, danced, you know, at one of his rallies. I don't know. There'd be a lot of times that you say you, we're going to look back and say, can you believe that guy was the president? Can you believe that lunatic was our president? And I will look back fondly because we are living through, uh, we're, we're what, a month? Not even a month in of the, the Biden administration, correct? About three, uh, four right. weeks? What do they, you know what day, day Trump never had? He never had a day that he destroyed 11,000 jobs during a pandemic with the stroke of a pen for the hell of it. And he also never had a day where anybody in, his, in working in the uh, West Wing said that they would destroy a female reporter in an angry phone call. Those are two days that Trump never had, that Biden has already had. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I don't like the guy. I mean, I, I don't like the idea that he is the commander in chief, the leader of the free world, but could it have started any worse for, for Joe Biden when you think about the executive orders, the jobs lost? I mean, it is, and and we're up over, 60,000 deaths, all of which could have been prevented, all of which are on him. I mean, he, he's killed more people than died in Vietnam, more Americans than died in Vietnam. Not We're not allowed um, to use war um, comparisons his, anymore, Jerry. His rule, not mine. When he, when he said <laughs> there were like 200,000 dead and he said they would all be alive if not for Donald Trump. And I said, that's kind of crazy, but those are the rules. So we now have 60,000 dead Americans who would all be alive today, Shattuck, if not for Joe Biden. I mean, I think that's, you know what I think? Impeach. That's what I think. Impeach. Well, I think- it's interesting you say that, Jerry, because you're just, that's just pandemic. But you look at now the fallout from the mental health crisis that's happening here. And for him to have his CDC uh, head, Rachel Walensky, come out two weeks ago and say, hey, 
kids can go back to school. Teachers can go back to school. They don't need the vaccines. Everybody get back. Then somehow she a van drives up and throws her in, and she is now <laughs> this weekend. She spent all weekend on forty six shows saying, "Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry. There's community spread, so you, you can't necessarily go back to school. I'm sorry about that." It is. is it, I think it's the most transparent thing though when Biden talks about you know safely. We need to invest, right. and you're going. Wait a second. Here's what we need to open schools. We need one thing: a key. You need to open the door, say school's on, school's back, period. If anyone says anything else, if anyone qualifies it with, we have to invest in new ventilation systems, they're lying. They're, they're, they're carrying the water for the corrupt teachers unions. And you know what, Shattuck? Everyone knows it now. Yep. There's not, the secret is out. It's not like there's some gray area here of ambiguity. We know it's safe to go back to school. Most of us have known it since April. I mean, we're going on nine, 10 months that schools, not everywhere, but many schools have been closed for no reason other than to give teachers a really long vacation and to use it as leverage for the union. Everyone knows the union's corrupt. Everyone knows they don't care about children. That's another, to me, it's another bright side to this whole crazy pandemic is it shined a light of truth on these corrupt union thugs. I mean, right. to me, I'll, I'll never forget that teachers union official who on, I think it was on like a Saturday, said, we can't open schools, it's too dangerous. And Sunday did an Instagram post poolside in the Caribbean, laying by the <laughs> pool, and how much, and I mean, A, how stupid do you have to be to do that? And B, that says it all. That says it all. They yep. don't believe what they're saying. I think what people have realized, not everybody, there's still some stupid people out there, and there's still some some sheep who are just you know doing whatever they're told. But if you're paying attention at all, you know the people warning you the most, people who are the uh, the most alarmist here are the ones lying. They're the one, they don't really believe what they're saying. They, when you hear these elected officials tell you, you know, we're all going to die if you don't mask up, if you don't stay home, they don't believe it. We've learned that you know, a long time ago. You know, when G Gavin Newsom went to the French Laundry without a mask, right there and then we knew he didn't believe what he was saying. Day in and day out, it was all lies. And I think... The more we go on here, I mean, don't you feel like everybody's catching on? Everybody, I understands? do, I do, Jerry. Um, because you know, I watched all of the Sunday shows now, including Chuck Todd, who I've grown to respect now. Believe it really? or not, really, yeah, and Jake Tapper, um, and you respect the, the, him too. It, this weekend, I did. He came. They've had enough. These these elite liberal anchors who have been, you know, filthy and completely um, incompetent over the last four years have now decided to be. Uh, journalists again, and they've had enough. Ch Chuck Todd and, and Jake Tapper this weekend, they were good at calling out this the, the CDC person and saying, no, this is absolutely BS. You can't do this. And they also you know, brought to light the fact that Rochelle Walensky, who had just said that you can go back into school, suddenly was shut down by the administration who said, no, no, that was her personal capacity. Oh, right, right. Chuck yeah. Todd actually yeah. asked her and said, is, are you coming on as Rochelle? Or as the CDC head in your personal capacity, because we don't know anymore, because you can't right. trust the administration anymore. No, you can't. I mean, the biggest lie is we follow the science, and the science says kids should be back at school. Every sign, even Fauci says it, that, that political hack. But everybody said the kids should be back at school for at least six, seven months now. And Biden just keeps lying. And so does his. I mean, they just keep saying, well, it's we want to make sure it's safe. Everyone knows it's safe, and it's been safe for a long time. 
they're not following the science. They're following their orders from their masters at the teachers union. But don't get me going. I can't believe you just said Jake, Jake Tapper and Chuck. There's a reason they're doing this now, Shattuck, because they got they, they accomplished their goal. I mean, they got rid of the evil orange man. They got their guy elected. Now we can have things like, you know, now we can tell the truth about schools. We can tell the truth about Cuomo. We can tell the truth about the Lincoln Project. Yeah, there's These no doubt amazing. about that. There's no, no doubt about that. But to have them at all say something that's uh, critical of this administration is just so incredible to see whatsoever. I don't think that they deserve uh, medals of freedom. But, you, you know, we talk about this this uh, San Francisco school district and all this screwing around they're doing with all this social justice stuff and all this freaking critical race uh, stuff and decisions they're making. The, you know, the uh, UCSF, the U- University of California, San Francisco Children's Hospital, just came out with a uh, report that it's seen a 66% increase in the number of suicidal children in the emergency room, 75% increase in youth who required hospitalization for mental health services. So this is the result of these absolute, not even hacks, they're pernicious freaking villains in these school committees, these social justice mobs who run these school committees. That's what they're doing to the kids. That's what they want. There was a there was a great story. A guy they a guy wanted to be added to the school board. They had an opening, and he's gay and he has mixed race children. And they said they denied his uh, bid to be uh, uh, to join the school committee because they said it wasn't diverse enough. He, they needed diversity. Then <laughs> the gay guy with mixed race kids got shut out. Yeah, uh, but it, it is hilarious. More people have died. I think the numbers under fifty or under forty. More people have died from suicide than from the virus in San Francisco. I mean, it's. But don't you feel like the jig is up, man? Don't you feel like that everybody? If you're still saying. The kids have to be vaccine, uh, vaccinated or we can't go back until they replace the ventil- ventilation systems. You're lying. You've been exposed. We know you don't mean that. That's what I feel like. Oh, now, totally. Again, I mean, I, again, I feel like we're getting more you know, We know that the more school- facts on the yeah. table because, again, oh, the mainstream media had one goal. They accomplished that goal. And now they can occasionally do a little inadvertent act of journalism. You know, they right. can occasionally- do some reporting maybe they're worried about salvaging their reputation but that didn't matter until you know november 4th and now now it matters so we get to see some actual reporting well i also think that like some of their friends have kids go to dc public schools and they're being jerked around as well so this is actually affecting them whereas they haven't had to worry about the pandemic they haven't had to worry about the the financial fallout previously but this really matters you know this. You know the, those wine moms in suburbs who threw the election. They're mad about this stuff. Yeah. So that's why I think it got to Chuck Good. Todd. And when he goes after Walensky, I'm all for it. All right. Let's talk about the school guidelines. And there's some folks that are wondering how much politics may have gotten involved, or how much the White House may have gotten involved, because last week the White House walked back some comments of yours about teacher vaccinations, um, and you were saying that they were not necessary um, um, in order to open schools. The White House said you were speaking in your personal capacity. Um, how should we? Are you speaking here as the head of the CDC or in your personal capacity? And and is, should 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 people see a difference? I'm speaking as the head of the CDC. I believe that that's why you have me here today. Um, our guidance has now been released. It was re- released on Friday, and it specifically articulates the five. 
Yada yada yada. The five right, key mitigations, right, right. but that's, the fact- that's that's Tom Shattuck's idol, Chuck Todd. Right there. <laughs> that mean, was a good um, fu question, Jerry. It was oh, a good that was question. A terrible, a rambling question. They're just Bro. trying to save face, Shattuck. They're just trying to save face. These guys were embarrassed. I mean, exposed. They are partisans. They're right, and and you'll see in the next three years as Biden fades, you know, cognitively fades. They are going to be circling the wagons like never before, protecting him. We will occasionally hear there'll be reports of his mental state. And and by the way, uh, reports of, of Kamala Harris uh, trying to cut him off at the knees in any way possible. And these people, Chuck Todd, Jake Tapper, your guys, Anderson Cooper, who will get to him. They're going to be doing everything they can to protect their guy. You watch. There's no journalism uh, you know, left. Uh, but- well, I think I think Kamala trumps Biden in the uh, intersectionality chart. So oh, yeah. I think, and plus, she's a crazy lunatic. Right. So I think I mean, they'll be happy to watch Biden get uh, – oh, Of course. Take of course. a hit. She's, 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 when you hear anonymous sources say that Biden is fading, you can look at the uh, vice president's office or uh, look at you know, her team, maybe – Maybe her her niece, her crazy niece, who's selling access to her already. <laughs> She's been there three weeks, and this niece has already like uh, used her name to, you know, raise. Uh, she flew to the inauguration on a private jet from some donor, and they they pulled her aside, said, "You can't do that. She's going to be a, an issue." And then the other niece is a supermodel now, right? Have you seen her? She looks like uh, a, yes. She's a skinny, yes. tattooed waif with thick glasses, yeah. and. She's already been on more magazine covers than Melania was in four years, but uh, we can get to that. This was a weekend. I think I think it was a weekend for for uh, celebrating and gloating, uh, Shattuck, because, mm-hmm. again, I know why. I know why these stories were covered up. I know why it was so hard to get the word out um, on uh, on Killer Cuomo. The, the governor, the corrupt, the thoroughly corrupt governor of New York and the Lincoln Project. These are things the mainstream media knew all too well, covered up until they could uh, be sure, you know, that Trump would be gone. And, and uh, you know, they were hoping to be impeached, convicted, and then they could start reporting on it. But to me, there's no better story in journalism. There's no better story in life than when the bad guy gets exposed. I mean, especially when it's a bad guy, just an evil bastard like Cuomo, who had mm-hmm. people covering for him, celebrities, you know, the, the arrogance was like not, no one you've ever seen. There's, I don't, I'm not sure there's ever been a leader as arrogant as Cuomo. He knew what he did on March 25th. He knew he signed the order to put coronavirus uh, positive patients in nursing homes. He knew it resulted in the death of 10, 12, 15,000 seniors. He covered it up because that's what he does. Uh, he mocked people who uh, tried to get to the truth. They dismissed Janice Dean, our friend, as just another weatherman. And they, they said she's got no credibility. She kept fighting. She kept fighting for people who didn't have a voice. And Janice Dean, we had her on the podcast, and we uh, we tweeted that out this weekend. If you haven't seen or heard Janice Dean, she was just relentless. She still is just relentless. And finally, you know, after whatever uh, nine ten months of fighting we find out indeed they covered it up and this cover-up i heard someone say this this weekend chad could tell me if you agree it's the worst cover-up in american political history 
And you're going to say, well, what about Watergate or, you know, what about, you know, Spygate when Obama and Biden spying on Trump? There's some bad scandals out there. Mm -hmm. Tell me how many of them resulted in the deaths of more than 10,000 innocent Americans. How many scandals have resulted in uh, 10, 12, 15,000 deaths of American people? Name one. No, I, no, you're right. It, you can't. I mean, this is profiteering. This is political profiteering on with using the lives of of sick people and, and the vulnerable. And to for you're right, tens of thousands. And the, the thing is, is that it's funny because Cuomo's office, this his aide, this this Democratic operator, when she was talking to the Democrats, say, said, "Hey, I'm sorry, guys, but we've cooked all the books on this stuff. We had to because we thought that the Trump right. Attorney General might come after us if we right. didn't." As if that's an excuse. And she apologized to Democrat, you know, political yes. hacks. So, you so know, yeah, for, yes, I, I know we've been you know, sending you out there. Them. So it's, consider that. She knows there are literally tens of thousands of family members, survivors, grieving widows and widowers and children and grandchildren out there. And they don't even enter her mind as she's explaining and apologizing. She's, no. thinking of, she's thinking of Democrat operatives, allies of Cuomo, and how they put them in a tough spot. Is that not one cold-hearted uh, it, a, a politician or a political operative? When you think of how, how cold, how, how yes. callous you have to be to sit there and say, sorry, we put you in a tough spot. We were afraid Trump would make a big deal out of it. And you're going, wait a second. There's tens of thousands of people still looking for answers of why they lost their loved one. And you're apologizing to political hacks in the state house yeah no it sounds like Gotti's crew saying you know we had to kill the witnesses or else they might tell somebody well that doesn't make it okay the fact that you've cooked the books here because the boss might be angry because cuomo had been dissing ron DeSantis on his poster saying sucks to be you florida look at your numbers right, right. well be, you know he'll look like cuomo look bad if if the new york's numbers continue to get higher so cook the books make and, it look like Few, far fewer people it's incredible it's and well consider what this has this story has and again if he were a republican it would be the front page above the fold every paper every network every news channel every chuck todd or jake tapper your guys that's all they would be talking about if he were republican unfortunately i should say unfortunately it, it means a democrat so it makes the media look bad too especially his little brother fredo he hasn't mentioned it yet. He's a news anchor, a, you know, news commentary anchor on mm -hmm. national cable show. Hasn't mentioned it yet. That's why this story is so glorious. It is it glorious. Involves, it involves a a thoroughly corrupt, arrogant sob governor of the you know of of New York, and who's uh, a celebrity who thinks he's a celebrity. He is a celebrity. Hangs out with celebrities. He, even after he killed all those elderly New Yorkers. The celebrities, his celebrity pals were kissing his ass. You know, Spike Lee and and Ben Stiller. He did an event with Billy Joel. <laughs> and we know we know he won an Emmy, which tells you all you need to know about Emmys. He wrote a book which nobody read, but you know, he wrote a book about leadership after he killed and and and, and let's get one thing straight. The March twenty fifth thing, the order to put the coronavirus patients in nursing homes was the big mistake. But it wasn't the big scandal. If afterwards he said, we didn't know it was that uh, infectious. We didn't think it would result in this. No, we're sorry. We apologize to every family. He didn't do that. He covered it up. And we now know he covered it up. So if he were Republican, he'd already be in an orange jumpsuit, leg irons, handcuffs, perp walked out of the, uh, out of the governor's mansion. 
That yeah. hasn't happened yet. It still might, because I'm not sure how you get out of this, Shattuck. Seriously, how do you get out of a scandal that involves so many people, so much death, that that you can't explain it away anymore? We know you right. screwed up, but then you covered it up, and already. And, and this guy is up. has been a thug. Cuomo has been a thug, a vindictive thug, oh, forever. Just like all like Italians, you. That's he, he destroys. That's a slur. He destroys. He destroys careers at the drop of a dime. He plays hardball. And to have the AG now with the crosshairs on this guy tells you something. That means that she's also working on his staff. And this lightweight who told the Democrats, hey, we had to lie about all the numbers. Um, You don't think they're going to get to her if they already haven't? This guy's in trouble. But you're right. The media media love affair with Cuomo is freaking bullshit. Beautiful, David. We're standing by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo, (laughs) um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the President of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope but not false hope. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has uh, a daily television show now uh, and has become, in some ways, the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor uh, Cuomo I, said I, earlier today. I, I, That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. <laughs> I could listen to those all day. I really could. I'm so glad they're on tape. I'm so glad they are uh, there for uh, for posterity, for eternity. These frauds, these 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 just Trump hating, uh, ass kissing rump swabs who got they they get aroused. Brian Steltler and you know um, and Jake Tapper when when Cuomo would speak to those press conferences, they would literally get a get get aroused, full state of arousal. And it all came crumbling down, thanks to, uh, more than anyone, thanks to uh, our girl Janice Dean, who just wouldn't let up. She knew the truth. She kept screaming, kept kicking. They kept kissing Cuomo's ass because it was in stark contrast to Donald Trump. And by the way, in contrast to Ron DeSantis, too, they would Mm -hmm. tell you what a nightmare Florida is and how wonderful New York is. And then you kind of click on the numbers over here and you go, Wait a second. What are you talking about? It's not even close. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it tells you a lot, too, that if you have a political up and comer, somebody who looks like that they're going to be a, a powerhouse in a big blue state and you're the president, you bring him into the administration, right, to put to put him on ice because you don't want this guy. You don't want, you know, this guy building, um, you know, building influence outside of the tent. So the fact that Biden didn't bring him in tells you that they must have known how filthy this guy was and said this guy uh, well, is yeah but he was he was rumored uh, an attorney general candidate it's too bad they didn't uh, maybe yeah just as this thing explodes but if you're not you know even if you're not like a political junkie a news junkie you do have to 
enjoy this because this is what all great stories. I mean, think of great movies, you know, the usual suspects when they, when they, I mean, just think of a great movie, whatever, you know, hell, gladiator, you know, and the bad guy is getting away with, you know, his evil for you know the first two hours of the movie. And then in the, at the end, you know, the, the, the he gets his, you know, mm-hmm. truth wins out. That's what we're watching right here in, in real time. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen uh, early enough to help Trump and hurt Biden, but that was all part of the plan. But I think if you're Cuomo right now, you're not sleeping. I mean, you're laying there going, could I end up in jail? I mean, he's so arrogant. He will think he can handle it. You know, he'll think he can talk his way out of anything and he'll stand up and say, Oh, what a, and it's not going to work. I mean, for a couple of reasons, a, you got a lot of dead senior citizens and B it's easily understood. You know, this is not, uh, does not, it's not like, you know, the Biden connection to China where you need like Peter Schweitzer to come on and explain all the, you know, the financial uh, mm-hmm. dealings and all that. It's simple. He, didn't want to, uh, and, and so he took coronavirus pa- patients, positive patients, put them in nursing homes. The virus spread, wiped out whole wings of these nursing homes, causing the death of 10, 12, 15,000. We don't know the <coughs> precise number, but at least 10,000 senior citizens. And you have to ask yourself, why did he do that? He wasn't the only one who did it, by the way. You know, Wolf did it. Murphy did it. Uh, he had the highest death toll and he had the most obvious brazen cover-up but ask yourself this shattuck why did he do it they had the comfort ship in the harbor there they had the the big navy ship there sent by by trump they had the javits center he didn't use either of them essentially he didn't use the ship at all it was there from less than a month i believe and they sent it back to dc why didn't he use it well if you use a ship then that gives trump credit correct Mm -hmm. correct so think of how just utterly sinister. Yep. Who how just Trump? Who should get credit for this entire now cover up? Because didn't DeRosa say that they were all scared shitless because yeah. Trump tweeted uh, <laughs> tweeted Killer Cuomo and all that stuff? Right, right, right. They said they did this. They cover up because they were afraid of Trump and Trump's tweets and Trump's you know bomb. What would, if this was during the election? How would Trump have used this? This would have been a sight to see. How about this? How about this question? Someone said over the weekend. I don't care if you hate Trump. I don't care if you're, you know, crazy left. I don't care if you're Alex Reamer. You really don't want Trump on Twitter this weekend when he was, you know, he won the impeachment. It'd be so crazy. And then the Lincoln Project came crumbling down. Then Cuomo came crumbling down. I mean, Trump's gone. He's been, uh, you know, excommunicated. He's down in, in Mar-a-Lago and he's going to not uh, a factor right now. But his tweets would be just performance art there would be misspellings and exclamation points and capital letters and it would be just wild and every day you'd wake up going what did that lunatic tweet you know this morning at 6 a.m but yeah yeah, the fact that he's gone is one of the reasons why all this cohesion is is you know leaving the building and all these things are collapsing you know the lincoln part the lincoln project and the cuomo thing Trump is gone now, so there's no there's no more enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now Cuomo's simply a guy culpable for the deaths of tens of thousands of people, and so this is this them taking Twitter away from Trump has been a blessing for Trump, for all of us actually. And this fallout and the fact that the that the the press, even though, and I understand that, that I also I'm not I'm not uh, crowning Tapper and all these guys, 
But people are still paying a little bit of attention to this White House just to kind of bathe in the idea of normalcy is back and to see right. these decency, romance, romance, and don't. Don't undersell that that Valentine's Day uh, they, when they put big hearts in the lawn that said unity and love and and uh, oh, was that yes the CBS the CBS reporter said I love seeing the first pups play around yes, the White House lawn see a reporter we yelled you could play this uh, uh, Colin yelled we love your dogs as he's the president's yes. walking away They're the first but pups. even if you haven't seen this. Uh, Jill, Dr. Jill and Joe Biden, Joe Biden just kind of, she's like leading him around on a leash. He's falling around the lawn. She put big hearts that say like love and unity and togetherness, just sickening, you know, sweet nothings uh, in the, in the South lawn, the reporters, the media had to keep a certain distance and they start, uh, you know, kissing Biden's ass and saying, Oh, you, how you doing? Happy Valentine's day. And the reporter says, uh, can you bring us coffee next time? And he says, here, have mine. He's got a cup <laughs> of coffee in a paper cup, which I wouldn't even do that to like my wife here. Have my coffee. You know, you got, he's drinking it in the middle of yeah. a pandemic and the reporter takes it. She takes it. He says, I didn't drink any. Go ahead. Take it. And she says, Oh, thank you. Takes his coffee cup. And as he's walking away, another reporter says, we love your dogs. It's just they're just embarrassing. The first pups. A grown man called them the first pups. First they are great dogs, by the way. But uh, but but also they asked all about love. What did you get, Jill, for uh, right. Valentine's Day? And what when did you know that you were first that you were first truly in love? And all of these questions. And I understand they're having a morning Valentine's Day stroll. But these are the times when you can ask questions. That never happened with Donald Trump. Nobody right. ever asked about anything but how much Putin owned him owned him and uh, his racism. You know, right. you can ask. It's okay on Valentine's no. Day. Ask them, ask. Are you finally going to denounce denounce white supremacy? What about the Proud Boys? You know, they, they'd be yelling that. Right? You're right. They get a chance to ask a question, a real question about whatever schools opening. You know, right? Or you know, virus- speaking speaking of white supremacy, you could maybe ask him why he won't tell us whether or not he considers Israel an ally. Yeah, well, that won't happen. That won't happen. But, you know, Iran is or whatever. I mean, there's a million questions you could ask instead of, we love your dogs. Can I have your coffee? Oh, these people are just embarrassing. And it just shows you how deep the ideology goes because they know in the end they're going to be, they're going to look like fools. And they do it anyway because they're just so happy. Dr. Jill. You know, remember Buster, um, George W. Bush's little dog attacked the press? Attacked a reporter. Oh, it was great. He attacked a reporter. He's like, "Here, Buster, here, Buster," and Buster Bleh! and uh, mauled him. Mauled his hand. I, I, I'm just saying that, unlike you, Jerry, I don't want um, those German shepherds to turn on the press. Unlike you, <laughs> so I'm distancing myself from you know, your. Yeah, those look like. I mean, they, those look like killer dogs. They could yeah. uh, do some damage. But you know what? I respect it. I love dogs. I love my dog. I, I can't imagine not having them. Do you ever I chase your dog out of the shower when you're naked, Jerry? Yeah, grab, grab his, his tail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never. But uh, I respected Trump for not getting a dog because he's like the first, only the second president ever not to have a dog. And he said, "Tell him I want a dog for. I don't want." Yeah. And instead of playing along like most people, like Clinton pretended he ca- he cared about dogs, he got a dog. Poor you know, buddy. He, right, buddy. B- buddy you know got that- whacked on Long Island. Right. You know he has no interest in dogs, but it was a prop like everything else. And same mm-hmm. with. In most presidents, they get dogs just as props. And Trump didn't do that, which I respect. But 
it was it's glorious watching the walls come tumbling down on killer cuomo because uh before we wrap this up a couple things the media as you played that medley of these ass kissing media stooges who just love him the celebrities it's got a lot of celebrities because he loves celebrities you know and 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 by the way he won an emmy for his press conferences after he put the patients in the nursing homes and killed so many he, he won an emmy after he did that and you know why you know who nominated him for an emmy he did you have to nominate you have to nominate yourself like send in the tapes and send in the you know the, the whatever the package and then he, he did a book which i mean obviously is a piece of garbage nobody actually read but the arrogance to nominate yourself for an emmy and write a book on leadership after you did what he did uh, is just so beyond any uh, beyond comprehension the the level of arrogance and narcissism from this man so it's going to be great watching him perp walked out of the gracie mansion at some point at some point i have faith that you know there'll be people out of just decency saying we have to get mm. justice for all those dead new yorkers i mean it isn't he didn't steal some money he didn't you know whatever uh, help out a relative you know with some no. dirty deal. like he, he he led you know directly led to the death of tens of thousands of new yorkers that's going to be fun um well does chris talk about it today because tapper uh, went after uh cuomo he, yesterday he didn't go i just mentioned it you've got to well, stop so- <laughs> giving jake tapper so much credit i hate jake tapper please don't tell me you watch chris wallace did you watch chris wallace no he's the only one i didn't watch good, i'm good you can glean i some stuff ever- by watching this the coastal elite press you can glean some some to see you get a good barometer on where they are what bothers right. them etc i'm looking at the numbers before we move on uh, deaths per million, that's always the most important number. Total deaths, by the way, is uh, New York is still way out in front with 45,000. So at least 15,000 in nursing homes, probably m- more. Uh, well ahead of New Jersey, which is at 22. Pennsylvania's at 22. But anyway, deaths per million, New Jersey's number one. New York's number two. Massachusetts, number three. Rhode Island, number four. And then you got to keep on looking and looking and looking. And then you finally get to Florida. 26th florida is 26th in death per million and that drives the media nuts they hate desantis for a number of reasons he he goes at them which is great i love when he attacks the media but he also is a threat to their girl kamala in 2024 and they know this guy i would place i would make him the leading candidate to be the republican nominee in in four years hell yeah i mean there's a few good candidates but he's number one right now people are enjoying the way he's handling the pandemic they enjoy the way he's given it right back to the media uh he's you know obviously smart i think harvard yale uh military decorated veteran he's got it all going on and florida at this point mm-hmm. is looking like they did it right i point this out all the time Shannon. another great you know iconic restaurant sort of the border cafe in cambridge went under charlie baker our horrible governor of massachusetts is just he's just destroyed you know, thousands of restaurants. And I point this out every time when they say the pandemic caused the closing of this restaurant. I said, no, it didn't. The governor did. If that restaurant were in Florida, if it were in Orlando or Jacksonville or where Pensacola, it would be fine. That same restaurant in Florida is doing fine, is thriving. In Cambridge, in Boston, wherever, it's gone. It's out of business. The, the It's bankrupt. So it's not the pandemic. It's the insane overreaction to the pandemic by people like Baker and Cuomo and Murphy and Lamont and the rest of these tyrants. 
but let's get to uh, let's get to uh, story glorious story number two. We got glorious stories over the weekend of just corrupt, horrible people being exposed. Cuomo top of everyone's list. It just ha- he has to be. He has just been stripped naked before the world, and it is a wonderful thing to see. I wonder if he's gotten any calls from his celebrity friends like Chelsea Handler call him or, or uh, Ben Stiller or, you know, Spike Lee. Or do you think Billy Joel checked in? How you doing, Andy? How you hanging in there, Andy? Ugh, I don't know, but it does go to show you. I mean, what how strategic writing that book was to write that book in the middle of the summer or the beginning of the, of the summer. He knew that he had a huge problem. So he said, all right, this is what we do. We put the, the focus of the media way over here so that it'll look bad for them to have to swing way over here when they eventually find out that I've cooked the books and the, the stuff that happens in the administration. I mean, it all makes total sense. He's not a well, he's a sick man, Cuomo. He's well, a psychotic. Well, it's going to be glory. I might have to watch CNN to see how Fredo handles it when his little bro- when his big brother goes down. It will be a wonderful thing. I don't hear a lot of people mentioning him as uh, presidential material anymore. Hang on. Hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. As we all know, uniformed professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. And I don't think a lot of people today, maybe I'm wrong, Shattuck, you you know this story probably better than I do. I don't think a lot of people today are sending checks to the Lincoln Project. Um they they're the greatest grifters, the greatest fundraisers I think I've ever seen. They raised ninety million dollars just you know in in an effort you know to to stop Trump. That's allegedly what they were going to do. It expanded to you know stopping other crazy right wing menaces like Susan Collins for some reason. But all these and I just looked at the uh, the list of Hollywood heavyweights who gave money to the Lincoln Project: Jennifer Aniston. Um, uh, Jason Bateman, um, all Jeffrey Katzenberg, all kinds of Rob Reiner, of course, uh, gave money to these scam artists. So I don't really mind the fact that they fleeced all these, these people out of money. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of funny, but they covered up. If you're, if you're not aware of the story, there's Lincoln projects, a bunch of consultants, grifters who got together, said, we're going to start a group to stop Trump. You know, send us money, and people did. They raised ninety million, at least fifty of it, 
they used for themselves. Right. They, they paid they, themselves. They paid themselves insane amount of money and people kept sending them money and they, they used a little bit to run ads against Trump or against Susan Collins. They got rich. They basically got, these were grifters who had bills to pay. It's been well-documented. They had financial issues, but not anymore. They made a lot of money. One of them, John Weaver, one of the founders is a pervert who preyed on, uh, men and boys who, and, and it was funny. It was a story about three weeks, it was, uh, January, I think 11th is when it broke. Three weeks later, the New York times writes about it. And suddenly everyone says, wow, we got a big story here. Cal Rove was talking about this like 30 years ago. Everybody yeah. knew, everybody knew all these guys knew they went into business with Weber. They knew what he was about. They knew what he was up to. They got exposed. They're all uh, uh, jumping. They're rats, and they are jumping off the ship. You, you and I talked about Steve Schmidt's resignation letter, where he blamed some some Boy Scout leader, Gay Ray. That <laughs> <laughs> in the very least, that's where it started. And then he blamed his uh, his clinical depression, and then he's resolved to he converted to Judaism, and then oh, right. he did everything. It was a thousand press releases on how. Every other story matters, but the fact that all these guys stood around while John Weaver was cultivating and grooming boys for his own uh, uses. In the summer, they knew it. In June, they knew it, that Weaver was using not only in-house employees for his own pleasure, but you know he had used now this new, uh, this, this new income stream to attract people outside of the company, and the guy was not shy about it. This guy was a hands-on pedophile, and so they knew it in June, and so Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt and the rest of the guys got together, and they said, all right, we have a problem here, guys. This is June. The gold rush is two months away, so what do we do? Cover it up, and they just covered it up, and, and they- and, and we're hoping, you know, the FBI is involved or law enforcement, and they're hoping they all uh, get theirs. I mean, they already get there. Oh, money. yeah. Uh, but, and you know, one by one they're, they're quitting and, but, but here's what I don't get Shattuck. I know people hated Trump, but I've never seen guys that's more loathsome as a group than Steve Schmidt, Rick Wilson, George Conway. I mean, and Weaver, I mean, they just creepy. They're just, I mean, you see them on TV and you just, yeah. you just want to run. They did. They don't, they're not someone that you would root for, not someone that you would support. They're not like likable guys. They're, there are political consultants that I disagree with that are kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, what's his name? Um, the Cajun, Raging Cajun, Jim, Car yeah. uh, Jim Carville. I mean, you say, yeah, he's a fun guy. He's a party. It could see people being, you know, attracted to him or being, see the appeal in him. Could you see the appeal in George Conway or, no. or Rick Wilson? These are no. not perverts, but they are creeps. They were guys that wanted to fight dirty against Trump, though. That was it. That's right. You know, there was no charm, no charm associated to it. Right. it that's probably it, what people dirty. say. These guys are vicious, and that's what we need. Someone who, that have no scruples and just fight vicious. And if they, you know, if the guy happens to rape a couple children, you know, collateral damage. One, of the, kids, one of the kids was 14, and this and, and Weaver's just this hideous-looking old. Oh, yeah. You can almost smell the, the, mm -hmm. the, the halitosis when you see him on video. You can just smell this creep. And he yeah. was forcing himself on children, and the rest of these guys looked the other way. But once, yeah. you know, you know, remember they had a uh, moral epiphany that made them have to go against Trump and be you know, a country over party. And then once Trump was defeated, they had another moral epiphany, and all became Democrats uh, sudden suddenly, and then wanted to stamp out Trumpism. And they were asking for help, you know, because the income stream had slowed down. 
And they said they, to AOC, will you help us? And she said, no, your guys are dirtbags. And they went to Democrats, the Democratic Party, and said, will you help us? And they said, uh, no, you guys are um, the enemy. You've been lifelong conservatives. And it's wonderful to see it happen. I always thought it, looked, it was like Ellis from Die Hard, where he's out of options and Hans no longer needs him. Right, the Lincoln right. Project knows they're no longer needed. <laughs> and now they're being targeted for uh, for destruction. And it's fantastic because they did a lot of cross-state uh, business. Almost all of their business yeah, was out of state. And you they've know, been destroying the lives and careers of up-and-coming Democratic politicians for their entire um, careers now, for three decades or more. They've been destroying. And now these Democratic politicians are in charge of government, including the attorney general's office. And they are going to fillet these uh, Lincoln Project people. Uh, and I love it. By the way, uh, one good thing, Jerry, and I know you'll appreciate this, is Steve Schmidt at the end of his long um, resignation letter from the board of the Lincoln Project said that he would like, as he's stepping down, he would like the um, position to be filled by a woman. Oh, right, right. Woman yeah. of- they, need, they need more diversity. So he's stepping down. What a guy. A woman. Well, I mean, I, he didn't know how much diversity they had. John Weaver, who's married with children, came out and said, he's gay. Now he's going to tell everyone he's gay. It's like the Kevin Spacey excuse. You know, they're just picking on me because I'm gay. I'm like, gay, you got a wife and kids. But whatever. Right. And, and uh, in the I, summer I, of 2020, Rick Wilson's got a boat with a cooler that says the South will rise that's again. That's right, with a, with a flag, uh, the Confederate flag. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at the list. Felicity Huffman. Gave ninety three hundred dollars. Wasn't she busy trying to stay out of jail? She Ken pays John, a lot of. Can't stand. Gave three grand. Yeah. Jason Bateman. Why can't st- you stand him? Because uh, he just annoys me. The the mm. whole character. I don't even. I love the Hangover movies, but I hate his role. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so I love. I, I thought he was good in those movies, and he was great in Role Models, which is a masterpiece, by the way. Ooh, that's but an underrated he, comedy, by the way. Yes, yes, it's a, probably the best comedy in history. But he just annoys me. I don't know. But, but he also did a stand-up special for Netflix. Dave, did you see Ken Jeong stand up last year? I didn't. He did no prep, no practice, no jokes. He just went up there and tried to wing it, and it was. I was so goddamn offended at the total waste of time that it was. <laughs> he's, a, he's a. By the way, he's a doctor, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Somebody had like a somebody had like a stroke or something on stage in one of his shows, and he like rescued the guy. He's on that mass Singer now, right? Or something. yeah, yeah. And he just he just loud and just annoys me. But whatever. He got fleeced for only uh, what did I say? Uh, only three grand. three grand. Not too bad. Jennifer Aniston gave five grand, and they actually sent money to John Weaver and Rick's uh, Wilson, and thought it was going to go. They they weren't going to like skim or scam. I mean, it just. They deserve it. They all deserve each other. But there were so many just insane, stupid stories uh, over the weekend. I want to get to a couple more after I uh, talk about uh, Shea Concrete and their wonderful retaining walls. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let 
Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. This, you know what? I, I, I know you guys do this too. You get on Twitter, you get on whatever, you get online and you're reading, looking at the latest news. And you're just amazed that you, the story is so dumb. You're amazed that you clicked on it and you're amazed that somebody cares about this. And I'm, I'm looking at a tweet from uh, TMZ um, about, <laughs> I can't even look without, um, Tammy Slayton, one of the stars of 1000 pound sisters has come out as pansexual. All right. And I look at, it, I say, what the hell does that even mean? Is she in the administration? <laughs> there's, there's a show called 1000 pound sisters. There's, I, I guess there's two of them and they, uh, both way they each weigh 500 and uh i'm not gonna I'm, she looks it she looks like she could weigh 500 and i had to read i'm going what does that even mean and she says uh uh tammy she's the 500 pound sister opens up to jerry her boyfriend and says what does pan uh pansexual means she says it means love is love i would date anybody whether they're transgender straight or gay she tells her boyfriend they're seated at a restaurant with the other sister. Uh, she explained, I always thought I was bisexual, and then I started talking to one of my friends, and she told me I was pansexual. Mm, Jesus. I said, what does that mean? It says, I mean, means you love everybody. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm pansexual. Um, I'm going to have to check out that show, 1,000-pound uh, sisters. Um, Any show that makes me feel thin, I am uh, <laughs> pro of four. Uh, this, this woman has, like, uh, you know, her big toe is bigger than your than your whole body, Shattuck. I'm telling you, she's massive, uh, but she's uh, pansexual. And I think that's nice. Uh, but that's not that. I was trying to decide what was the dumbest story of the weekend. That's number two. Number one, dumbest story of the weekend, without a doubt, is this woman. What's her name? Lorraine Grow. Did you read about Lorraine Grow, Shattuck? Mm-hmm. Lorraine Grow's father designed the Lombardi Trophy. Not her. Her father, he was a silversmith, and he designed the trophy. And I, I guess, you know, I'll give him credit. There's a football on a stand. That's what the Lombardi trophy is. It's not the most artsy thing in the world. It's just a stand with a silver football, correct? Do I yeah. have that right? Correct. And, you know, and when clean, it shines. It's very shiny. It's yeah, bright. It's a shiny. It's on for sure. Yes. It's a nice trophy. It's not the Stanley Cup, or it's not like the... Like the World Series, they have those little flags in it. It's not one of the most... Uh, doesn't look overly complicated. Is that respectful uh, enough? Yeah, it's, it's not the most iconic trophy in sports. but it, And it's not the Heisman, all right? It's not the Heisman, but it's a nice trophy. God knows we've seen a lot of it around New England. As we all knew you know, last week, Tom Brady uh, had the, had the uh, Lombardi on his boat in the uh, Tampa Bay boat parade after they won the Super Bowl. And famously, Brady tossed it to another boat, to Cameron Brait, one of his tight ends. He tossed it. Everyone held their breath, and Cameron Brait caught it, and everyone was – we moved on, right? And I had to read the story twice, I swear to God. It came out – I'm looking at the New York Post now. Uh, Tom Brady's – Tom Brady's Lombardi Trophy boat throw that went viral didn't go over well with one Fort Myers woman who said the the toss was an insult to her family. It just upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it were a real football, Lorraine Grow 
said she said she couldn't sleep for two days because her father's <laughs> trophy, um, uh, which was uh, the trophy was designed by Greg Grow, a master silversmith at uh, Tiffany and Company. He crafted the first Lombardi trophy back in 67. And she couldn't sleep because the trophy was so disrespected by Tom Brady. What does she want? What else? An apology. She says, <laughs> quote, I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, but to the fans, all the football fans, the other team, what all the football fans, the other team players, whatever. I guess she wants an apology to everybody because Brady tossed a trophy. Um, I guess old man Gross shouldn't have made it so aerodynamic. <laughs> Brady, but, but, but it, Brady just tossed it. It was what yeah. it, I'm sure he knew the reaction that would come of tossing this I, thing. I, but, I, but the entire media landscape in sports is the one that should be apologizing then because they're the one that like glorified this entire thing. Like what Brady just threw the damn thing quick and moved on. But and you know what? If it fell overboard, they all would have jumped in and got it. They would have dove in so quickly. That's a true testament to the Lombardi right there. If it falls in, I, it's I, in good shape. I was shocked. Who predicted Gronk was going overboard? Was that you? I sure? did. Yeah, I was sure. I, I liked your prediction when he was shirtless, dancing on the edge of the boat, like yeah. with all the other with his teammates. They were really going hard at some some uh, hip hop song. I said, "Here it is. Uh, Gronk is going to accidentally on purpose slip and jump in." He didn't. That was an upset. I thought I liked your prediction at the time. You've been on a roll. But if Bray, but if Cameron Bray dropped the trophy and it went bang right in the water, everyone would have jumped in immediately and got it. It wasn't going to go to the bottom of the ocean. It wasn't that you know crazy. It wasn't like you know throwing a cell phone. That right. Been- but also, the trophy belongs to the team, to those three nerds who don't watch football, right? Don't you? Yeah, don't you get to keep it? Yeah, you like, get to keep it. The it's ones not are- the Stanley Cup. You don't have to give it back. No. Exactly. It's just theirs. They can do it or prostitute it as much as they want to. Well, look, at her, the- look at her face as she's saying this, though, because I, I will give her credit. She's not acting. She is legit upset. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset. Because I, I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, um, but to the, to the fans. His family was less upset at the cryogenic uh, company than... Uh, <laughs> She couldn't people. sleep for two nights. But imagine, before. you know, that you get on TV maybe once a year, every year for the Super Bowl, maybe once a decade, whatever. And imagine saying, you know, I'm going to use my time right now during the pandemic to be upset and offended that a pro football player, the greatest of all time during a happy celebration during the pandemic, tossed a trophy that did not break, that somebody caught just fine. That if anything, she could have used that as promotion for all the silversmiths of the world and how tough the trophy is and how great it was. But no, we everybody has to be a pain in the ass this year. I hate to break it to her, but that's not the worst thing that's ever happened to a Lombardi trophy. These guys, they go hard. Mm-hmm. They take that thing home. We know what they've done with the Stanley Cup. I'm guessing yeah. there's been other things that you know people have done with the uh, Lombardi trophy. I don't you know, know exactly what, but I'm going to guess it's been disgraced. 
it's been uh, defiled. In, in, yes, in it has. Ways. It has been a bong at one time or another. Whether <laughs> yeah. or not they designed it to be that, someone's done lines off the top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, back in the day, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger or somebody's <laughs> uh, definitely defiled that thing. And I don't think Tom Brady, even Tom Brady, who doesn't want to fight, doesn't want make enemies, is not going to apologize for tossing the damn thing. I said this last week. I'll say it again, Brady just handles everything right he just knows what he's doing in every way he handled the drunk thing when he was stumbling drunk and you know it, you know 10 minutes later he's tweeting or somebody's tweeting yeah you know it must have been the avocado tequila yeah laughing you know essentially making fun of himself laughing at it not getting too defensive uh i was hoping he wouldn't come out and say oh i took too much uh you know cough medicine or come up with some lie like springsteen say i only did one shot you know he didn't come up with any uh any alibi he just said yeah it was the you know it was he was wasted like at two in the afternoon right that yes was- no aaron Rodgers would be in rehab right now if he had done the same thing <laughs> so absolutely and, and brady was good drunk he was like legless happy guy drunk he didn't have the shark eyes you know was going to get in a fight in any second right. drunk he wasn't dangerous he wasn't he was like i mean you're right. He does everything right. He gets bleep faced exactly right. In, in yeah, he a hundred percent is good. Now he's not going to do it publicly, but he a hundred percent is apologizing to her privately. No, Guaranteed, lucky. Yes, he is. No, he's he sending uh, her a we'll signed bet. football. A hundred percent apologize. Right, we'll bet. We'll bet a bottle of uh, Pink Whitney on that one. He's not apologizing to this woman. He's just going to ignore her. But um, Brady obviously didn't drive. That's all that matters. He gets carried out by his teammates and you're saying you know just don't drive didn't i don't think he was even driving the boat in that condition but it shows you that i don't know he used to drink in college he used to drink mm-hmm. early in his nfl career but he's not drinking anymore you don't get that in that condition at two in the afternoon if you're uh you know well conditioned as a drinker yeah. you know like uh you wouldn't see culinary in that shape at two in the afternoon would you um, yeah, I'd be pretty, I, I can get banged up pretty quick if I'm on, uh, you know, if I, when I start feeling good, it goes downhill quick for me. It's also good it. that Brady had his own body man there, you know, guy handling him, Multiple. you know, it, because it, you know, he could have gone out in the town and it could have been at a co-ed establishment. I mean, this guy could have just nuked his entire, uh, existence. But he's, he's too smart for that. Yeah. He's too smart. And it, that bugs people even more. There was a couple stories and I don't even waste you know, time with them over the weekend and we're like dead spin saying that if this were a black guy, what would they say? That kind of crap that, or the uh, story out of Houston when, um, when Deshaun Watson demanded a trade and Houston the Texans, who's ever Jack Easterby or whoever's running the team now said, no, we're not trading. you. He's 25 year old, 25 years old. He's been to three pro bowls. He's a stud. And then JJ Watt says, I want to be released out of my contract and they release him. And immediately, dead spin, and a few others says, "Oh, this is because look at the way they treated the black." Um, Mike Florio did it on Pro Football Talk. Said, "Gee, I wonder why there's a double standard here because they do whatever JJ Watt wanted, but not what Deshaun Watson wanted." And I said, "Okay, we've reached peak stupidity here. Mm-hmm. That we're going to uh, infer some racist motive when they." say they're not going to deal a 25-year-old stud quarterback, the most valuable commodity in sports, and the defensive lineman who's lost a step, who's making... Who's who's missed what? Like 30 games or something the last three years or whatever? And who who, uh, makes 17 or 18 million a year 
that's the kind of guy who gets released. And I mean, maybe they, he's almost 32. He's had injuries. You're right. All kinds of injuries. And they, you know, are rebuilding. They're not on the break of a title. Clearly they've dealt, you know, Deshaun Watkins, uh, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Deshaun Watson's going nowhere. Why would you want to trade him? I mean, you, you have him under contract. You're not going to get fair value. He's, he's, he's good. He's good and getting better. You need to get him better coaching, better teammates, but I would never, I wouldn't trade. Uh, well, you're not going to do it now anyway. So why would that even, why would that even be a question? Like they have to try to increase his value up. So they're not going to do it right now. So the, I think you would do it if, you know, you felt a, you know, that you could get a lot for him and rebuild like they could. I mean, they could get the Jets pick, the second pick, get other draft picks and other, you know, high picks, or they could go get Miami. They could get Tua and Miami's, uh, what? Pick are they for uh, third or fourth? What are their top five pick and Tua? If you think Tua is going to be good, and but we don't know that. We know Deshaun Watson is good, and the yeah. idea that the idea that they didn't deal him the instant he demanded a trade because he's black is what Florio implied, and you know Deadspin wrote. It's just nuts. It's just stupid. I mean, there is a limit to that race baiting, isn't there? At some point, where you're Deadspin or you're or you're one of these, you know, Bomani Jones or you know the Max Kellerman types. And you look well, what at- would Bomani Jones or Jamel Hill or uh, Ben Volan, you know, what if they couldn't use race ever? Couldn't use. What if their editor said, "Don't use that word. Make an argument based would, on the foundation they would have of the- to, like retire and uh, learn the code." They couldn't do the job they do now. I mean, it's it's a good question. If they said nothing, if they said. You're going to go to the Super Bowl. You're going to attend Roger Goodell's press mm-hmm. conference, but you cannot write about black coaches and why they aren't hiring more black coaches. That's what Peter King and and Ben Volan and, and these they do. That's they go there with the objective is to show to virtue signal, show everyone how anti-racist I am, and demand without naming names. They never name names. They never say they shouldn't have given the job to whoever. Uh, they, they, they never accuse the owners who hire white guys of being racist. They just scream and say, "Not enough black guys." If you, if every single coach of all thirty-two head coaches were black, Peter King would still go and start grilling Goodell and saying, "You're not doing enough for assistant coaches or scouts or general managers." It's just that the is way interesting, they, Jerry. They signal their virtue. That's what right. It, well, and now since we've moved on from racist to white supremacy to now equity. So all that matters right. is equity is the bottom line. It's going to be interesting because I don't know how much equity, racial equity there is in the NBA. So are we going to make sure that every race is equally um, is uh, equally know, represented about, in the NBA? And they scream about, oh, 70% of the uh, players are black. And I always say, I've said it for years, so what? Does that mean that you should have like a quota for coaches because you know what the best thing, if you want to become an NFL coach is, is to start coaching the minute while you're still in college, you know, like a guy like Belichick, he never had a chance to play in the NFL. So he was coaching, busting his ass at 21 years old, studying film, learning how to be a coach. If you play, you know, if you're a player and you retire at 32 or 35, you're 10 years behind Belichick when it comes to, NFL coaching and learning the the, the, mm. the job, learning the ropes, and working your way to becoming a head coach. 
the guys who never got to play and knew they weren't going to be players, you know, like I'm going to get Sean McVay knew he wasn't going to play in the NFL, you know? So he started grinding as early as possible where a player is playing for 10, 12, 14 years and not thinking about all the aspects it takes to be a coach. So why would you say that a guy who played should have an advantage over a guy who didn't it makes no sense. Uh, the Miami pick is indeed the third pick, which they got from the Texans. Uh, but you could take that third pick and Tua and send it to Houston. If Houston were genuinely, uh, genuinely looking to rebuild from the bottom up and start over, you could get some, and then you'd probably get two or three more picks because Deshaun Watson is that good. But what if they trade him for another black guy? Does that mean they're racist? Uh, yes. I also, check- I think J.J. Watt might be Trump adjacent because didn't he raise a whole lot of money a few years ago? He raised $37 million. He right. set a goal after the hurricane down there. The goal was two hundred grand. He went on TV and said they want to raise money for hurricane victims. Right. He raised thirty-seven million. One of and, the great charitable, you know, endeavors of well, but Matthews Trump was also him. down there, and oh, right. Watt didn't condemn him. JJ right. Watt. I don't think he's hey, ever. Just, I don't think he's ever called Trump evil. So definitely, yeah. he's definitely racist. But it's silly, I, I, and you wonder what the what the limit is. What the you know what at what point do they say? Does a guy like Florio or a guy, a place like Deadspin say, or Peter King say, you know what? There's nothing racial here. It really doesn't matter. Because, because they wouldn't let a 25 year old JJ Watt go. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done yeah. that. So they wouldn't trade him. I mean, when he was 25, he's a three time NFL defensive player of the year. He was a superstar. And they probably think, you know, they, they got the most out of him. Time to move on. Time yep. to start. Time to rebuild, and everyone's going to be watching and rooting against Houston because everyone hates his Jack Easterby because he's you know he's religious and he's kind of a uh, televangelist type. So they're going to be rooting against him. But uh, and and maybe Deshaun Watson is going to play hardball. He could hold out. He could kick and scream. And generally, when players do that, they get their way. But as of right now, if I'm Houston, I say no freaking way. Am I dealing this guy? This kid, he's too damn good. I don't care what race he is. He's a stud. But anyway, anyway well, Jerry, we'll see, along those we'll lines, Brady, Brady apologizes. Dave Colonnade's predicting. No, Brady, Brady is totally a send a text, apologize for the way it made you feel, guy. That's my that's my take. He's going to apologize for if she no, he's not. It disrespected her. I apologize for doing, but he's not apologized for the actions publicly or anything like that. So, so. you think, um, you know, she's getting some sleep now or you think she's still tossing and she's going to get a signed football he doesn't apologize that, text message and get some sleep no, he doesn't apologize because that indicts the whole team in a sense because they were all in on it um but you know it's interesting you talk about just after championships and people they act the way they act it's like didn't uh didn't larry bird wasn't he plastered like in the public garden or something after yeah, one of the well, celtics was he was or many well, of dave, the celtics. dave collins slept on a park bench but okay. uh uh, Bird was definitely feeling feeling it when he said Moses. Someone held up a sign said Moses Malone eats shit, and and Bird stood up at the mic in front of a crowd of whatever it was at City Hall Plaza, and this is when I I said this before. This is the moment Bird became larger than life. He became an iconic figure in Boston, beloved by every man, not by you know the beautiful people and not by the media, but the people, the fans, because he stood up there and he knew it would upset the media and we live TV and said, you know, you're right. Moses does eat shit. And people <laughs> loved it, loved him for it. And he was, you know, I think he was smoking a cigar and having a yeah. beer, but the, but- the, the, the tradition 
the custom of the parade has become, I kind of, uh, I kind of find this fascinating. And I think largely it's to do uh, the Patriots are the reason the parade has become this final, this exclamation point on a great season, an unforgettable season. And there are no rules. There are no, you, there's no decorum. You can get as wasted as you want. You can guzzle a beer at 10 a.m. You can take your shirt off. You can throw a trophy. Oh, yeah. You can dance. You know, we remember Bob Kraft dancing. I mean, we saw it in New England where it's, you know, really cold. And Oh, yeah. And, Edelman and, met, uh, met a young lady. Right. And it just, there are no rules. And every, you have one excl- ex- explanation for everything. It's, we are blowing off steam and we are just letting loose. We put in all the hard work and this is our day to have fun. So a guy like Brady, who doesn't even drink, is doing shots of tequila. Yeah. Throwing the trophy around, you know, guys are guzzling last year, you know, people were throwing beers to Patrick Mahomes and he was guzzling them down and you would never do that if it were, you know, some night out on your bye week and you were at the local Applebee's, no, yeah. you would be like, I can't get caught guzzling a beer Yeah, times on a have boat with a million people watching <laughs> you. You could do it because there's this kind of exception. It's called the parade championship exception. Yes. You can do anything you want on that day. There is like I think after the um, Bruins won the cup one year, Derek Sanderson like went missing and started a new life for like four days in Manhattan. Right. You know that was a different. That was yeah, a different. Those, those, now it's every they get all the cameras, they wait, and they say who's going to get the craziest. And last year it was you know more. It was Kelsey, I believe, last year. And you're right, Edelman, Gronk, in in Boston uh, last time they won. But you could do and the the the. The winner of them all, the greatest of all, is um, what's his name, Mike? Uh, what's his name? The Red Sox who took a shirt off and had the cigarette and was walking down the street wasted. Oh um, yeah, why am I blanking? And he went, he like uh, went behind the bar at McGreevy's that night too. Why am I blanking on that guy? Oh name? Mike, um, um, oh Lowell, no, not Lowell. Uh, Mike, uh, not Gomes. I know who you mean. Donnie Gomes was the one who went nuts, didn't he? Mike Napoli. No. Oh yes, Mike Mike Napoli. You're right. Mike you're right, you're right, Mike right. Napoli. The sports guy gets it. Yes, and and he and he took a shirt off. He's walk, yep. walking down the street with a cigarette, like in a beer, and he, everyone's just taking his picture. And he doesn't even probably remember it the next day. But it was like, no rules. Go go nuts. Go yep. nuts. No yeah. Rules. There's another. There's another example of this pandemic. By the way, that that awesome. Um, not the bowl, but what was the Upper Boylston Bar where the Sox used to run in and pour beers, Millar and stuff. That uh, the, the baseball tavern. Yes, the BBT gone. out of business too. Yep, 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 not because of the pandemic. Get it straight, because of the governor. All, all right. right, because of the governor. All right. I oh, by the way, get- Jerry, hold on, hold on. How come the 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 I consider on the Buccaneers there to be one main central character guy, a good character player? Um, how come uh, Antonio Brown was not uh, in any kind of trouble? You would think that these that would be That's the true. kind of occasion because he wants right. a second year. Brady's uh, keeping him, keeping an eye on him. He's, Brady's taking care of him. Took him under his wing. He scored a touchdown, ran a great route, scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And I guess, you know, Colony's right. He wants to be back with the team, so he's going to behave himself. But he, it won't last. He's a bad guy. Bad guy. Treats people like dirt. That's not what uh, That's not what Leonard Fournette is saying. He's saying the uh, A.B. story is going to be a good one to tell. The redemption story of A.B. is going to be we'll a good see, one. We'll see. I, I will bet against that. Yeah. But, uh, all right. I wanted to play, uh, if you could, uh, the Brady imitation on Saturday Night Live, because I always say how bad SNL is. I hate watch it because I'm mar- I marvel at how bad like the weekend update is these days and how unfunny everything that uh, what's her face does the the uh, the lead actress on the show. 
Um, she, she's terrible at characters and she's terrible in whatever role. And she was playing Lindsey Graham this week and she was terrible, but uh, yes, yes. Get, if you could get the, uh, he was on weekend update. The guy, it's one of the regular actors. It wasn't John Krasinski. John Krasinski did Brady last week. This week we had drunk Brady guy came out with a Brady Jersey and it was so unbelievably bad. I, I marvel at how bad some of the stuff is that they do on SNL, but can you find uh, SN- we, we can't play the video. SNL is the one that flags us every time, but we can play the audio. <laughs> What's up, Michael? Seventh Super Bowl. What? That's insane. <laughs> wow, you, you seem to be having a good time. This is a new side of Tom Brady. Uh, it's because I'm in Tampa now. I'm a Florida baby. Yeah, they got Boats parades in the water and the <laughs> sunshine, and girls wearing these little bikinis. It was just awful. Oh, just so awful. it just went on and on. Just guy pretending to be drunk, and you're going, "Okay, we got you." There was no funny part at all. By the way, they made fun of uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo briefly, without mentioning what he did, without mentioning the nursing home scandal. It was just making fun of him for being whatever fredo's brother it was kate mckinnon who drives me nuts she's so bad she did lindsey graham and it was terrible it was a terrible episode but i watched because well, I, I watch i go through it fast and i look for you know things that might accidentally be funny. you know there was a time when if you were a comedian you know you have a chip in your shoulder as a comedian you're kind of the, the master of ceremonies um where if you had a breakdown because of politics and you had to sing a leonard cohen song dressed in all white after the election, like Kate McKinnon did, <laughs> that you could never recover or get take back the mantle of being the right. edgy swagger comedian. Right. And for her to be doing that, it's like Colbert doing it now. Like he's a tough guy. The guy's been crying for four years. Well, there's things you don't live down. And I agree. When she sang Hallelujah and there was no humor involved, it was just a way. A it was a requiem. To Hillary. Yeah. Right. It was a, It was just a, like a right. It was a song for Hillary, and you kept waiting for the punchline, and there was no punchline. It was just this pathetic woman. And same thing with Colbert crying. Colbert cried when Biden won. He cried. Then he had Obama on. He said, just let me drink you up. <laughs> you don't recover from that. As I, as, I, just, uh, I just want to take a moment to, to, to drink you in. Drink you in, he said to another man. <laughs> and my friend Adam Carolla and I talked about that on his show. I'll probably be on my show one of these days, and we'll go over it again. But we talked about how old, you know, comedians a generation ago, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, would have been disgusted with these people who are allegedly, you know, comedian, late night comedians, Jimmy Kimmel, Carolla's buddy, and, and Jimmy Fallon, and the worst of all, Colbert. They've become just more. They've become just an extension of MSNBC. They don't really do anything funny. You don't, right. you don't even try to do anything other than Fallon. He tries to do funny stuff, but the other guys don't even try to be funny. No, and Jimmy Kimmel getting up there and crying, literally crying because of the Obama's health care is about to be repealed, <laughs> right, right, repealed right. the, the bill. You know, he, the, the idea is that they're supposed to be relief for our crying. They're not supposed to be the victims. They're supposed to be a reprieve from right. our lives, but they don't. There's nothing to it. All it is is therapy sessions every night. Yeah, and Sucks. you know, I, I know the ratings are terrible, but you know they're on the they're on the right side of uh, the aisle, just, so no one will cancel them, and no. Well, one will... now you're going to start watching the Mandalorian again, I think, Jerry. Right now that oh, you right. fired right. the. Yeah, I didn't even know who Gina Carano was, but I'm a big fan now. I am a big fan. But I watched the season 
finale of your honor last night. I was hooked. It was a stupid ending. You got, it's a good show. It's a good edgy, dark show. There's 10 episodes, I believe, but the end was, uh, I won't even, I won't give it away. The end was kind of disappointing. Lots of things were not wrapped up. Brian Cranston is good. He's dark. He's kind of sinister, but it doesn't, uh, I did not, wasn't a very satisfying finale, but anyway, we got to go. It's President's Day. I'll let you go enjoy the day. Another day off for the kids, right, Shattuck? Another day off? They are. They just are off. They, just what they needed. <laughs> yes. Another day off. Uh, all right. Thanks, man. We will talk to you soon. That is Tom Shattuck from the Burn Barrel Podcast and the Lowell Sun. Thank you to Shattuck and thank you to DCU and uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving and GovX. Uh, anything else I missed on this project? I, uh, you'd like to highlight all the canceled uh, people, and I figured you'd want to talk about the Bachelor's Chris Harrison. I know oh, you're yes. A software guy. You know do that tomorrow. We'll do yeah, that we can tomorrow. get into that. I gotta, I gotta, uh, you got to read it to believe it. I, I just read it this morning. What he's canceled for is nothing. <laughs> nothing. For saying, for what? Calling the mob? Woke, calling them a woke mob. Calling the woke yeah. mob uh, what it is, a woke mob. Just calling them what they are. Basically just saying this girl was a young girl. She was 18. She, you know, even if she made some mistakes, let's not judge her. Let's let her, you know, yeah, take the time. Right. Right. He was trying to be, he was trying to be, you know, forgiving yep. and diplomatic. And it, that's just not allowed these days. So he's, he's out. And I don't know if I'll ever, you know, feel the same way about The Bachelor. It's one of my favorite shows. And now, what's the guy's name again? Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison. Yeah. Legend Harrison, it's just 20 years. You see, you were the one who pointed out 20 years for the yeah, my wife and daughter watch, and I don't, I hate it, but anyway, but you know, good luck to Chris Harrison. All right, that'll do it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't, I can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot HTM. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. You promise your child they can grow up to become who they want to be. We know college is expensive. But YouPromise.com lets you save extra money for your child's future by doing the everyday things you already do. Save for college when shopping online or even on your weekly grocery store runs. 
Link any college savings plan with a free YouPromise account for worry-free college savings deposited each month. Sign up today at youpromise.com for a $30 welcome bonus. Start now at youpromise.com. If you're committed to building healthy habits, let Noom put psychology to work. Noom's award-winning program takes a cognitive behavioral approach, helping you form sustainable eating and exercise habits that last. With Noom, no food is off limits, and there's no counting calories either. Instead, Noom gives you the expert guidance and ongoing support you need to achieve your health goals, all backed by leading evidence-based psychology and nutrition science. Start your trial at noom.com/balance. That's n o o m.com/balance.